Hello and welcome to episode 381 of the video show. Today I'm joined by a number of different voiceover artists. So this came about because somebody shared with me uh, an option to use AI voiceover on video. So I went onto the website, clicked on the video um, that was sort of explaining what it was and it showed me like various different AI voiceovers. And my immediate thought was, I can kind of tell that it's an AI voiceover, like it doesn't sound as good a quality as a human would be doing in terms of voiceover. So I wanted to know from actual voiceover people, voiceover artists, I think they call themselves, um, what they felt about AI, how they, if they were worried about it, if they were going to use it as a tool, um, and where they see it going in the next few years. I think this is a, a subject I can cover with a lot of different professions. So I'll be doing one definitely on video um, in the coming weeks or months. Um, but today's guests, so we've got Martin Wiskin, Simon Wells, Sean Anthony and Victoria Riley joining me on today's episode. It's more guests than we've ever had in one episode. So um, editing, I've just edited it and uh, it was a lot of editing, but I hope you enjoy it. It's definitely the best sounding episode of the video show because everybody recorded their own audio, which is nice. Enjoy. If I can get, this is the first time I've got every, um, multiple people on the video show. So thank you very much for coming along, everyone. First, so let's go through. Um, everybody, tell us what you do. So Simon, kick us off. Hello, my name's Simon, and I'm a voiceover artist. Martin. Hello, my name is Martin, and I'm a voiceover artist. And I'm Victoria Riley, and I am also a voiceover artist. Oh, and there's th me thinking I'm being unique. Uh, I'm Sean Anthony, and I'm a voiceover artist too. So this wasn't by accident at all. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about voiceovers and the rise of the AI voiceover. So I'm just going to throw this into the conversation like a grenade. Um, how does everyone, everybody feel about AI voiceovers? If we just sort of, I'm going to chuck it in and just see what comes out. So um, Concerned. Yeah. Concerned, it's the first word that comes out. Yes. What, what else do people think when I say that word? Mixed emotions. Okay, interesting. We'll go. We'll come mm. back to that, um, Martin. Yeah, I'm. I'm undecided at the Ooh, moment. So we're getting sort of we're. It's a proper spectrum, and then sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm similar to Martin uh, at the moment. He's. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, and well, especially with timeframes of how far AI has come in the last six months alone. So, yeah, it's an interesting. Well, definitely an interesting subject to talk about. Cool. Okay. So the reason I wanted to do this episode was because um, somebody um, messaged me saying, you could use this for your voiceovers. And it was just, I, I clicked on the link and it was uh, like an AI generator for voiceovers. And my first, when I heard the examples, my first thought was, it, it sounds like a person, but it sounds like a person who's recorded it on a bit of a crap microphone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was like little bits to the voice where I was like, eh, it sounds a bit rubbish. Um, so I thought it'd be good to talk to you guys about like how you feel about it um, and where you see it going. Because um, at the moment, I probably wouldn't use uh, an AI voiceover purely because I think that somebody who is an actual voiceover artist, the, you'd be able to direct them better. You'd be able to... Um, get exactly what you want so if you wanted amendments what you if you wanted them to say a word in a slightly different way it's a lot easier to put that across to an actual person 
than to an AI, where I think you'd be sort of fiddling a little bit with the AI, um, but with a voiceover artist, you can get a performance, for want of a better word, and like and direct that. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, Victoria, just tell me why you felt concerned about it. Um, mainly because at the moment it is very unregulated, um, and... Um, there are several instances where people's voices have been effectively stolen to be used for projects without their knowledge. Um, so, for instance, Bev Standing, uh, I don't know whether you've heard of Bev Standing, but uh, she recorded um, a voiceover which was intended for Chinese translations several years ago. And then somehow her voice ended up being used as the voice for TikTok, completely um, unbeknown to her. Uh, somebody told her, hey, this sounds like you. Um, and, that you know, it's, it's unregulated. You, you can put your voice out there and somebody can take it and manufacture a version of your voice um, and you can do very little about it. Um, at the moment, voices are not seen as something that can be copyrighted. So uh, just to give you a sort of similar example, if you want Kate Moss to advertise your product, you have to pay Kate Moss because her face is, it's her product. We know that it's her, it's her face and you can't use it without her say so. Um, but your voice is not copyrighted and, um, and it's, it's, it's a legal minefield. Uh, so, yes, very, very concerned about the way that it's going because um, it is damaging to voice actors in, in, in its current format. That's interesting. I'd never thought about that, but you're right. Like if you've, I guess if you've recorded like a certain amount of um, audio, then anyone can take that and upload it to an AI and generate new exactly. versions and, of what you're saying. And, and not only that, it, it's very difficult to even prove that it is your voice once that happens. And and your voice can be slightly changed, you know, they can just maybe uh, move it up or down a semitone, something like that, something just very slight. And then how, how do you actually prove that it is your voice? It's very difficult. Mm. Simon, you said you had mixed emotions. What, what are your mixed emotions? Well, I think it's kind of very similarly to what Victoria says, you know, from a, a purely selfish point of view, I think I'm scared that it's going to take my job away, essentially. And I think a lot of us have similar concerns niggling in the, the back of our minds that, that one day this this thing will be so good that you will be able to not, not tell the difference between it and us. And that's that's obviously worrying for all of us who have put endless hours and invested a lot of money into training ourselves to get this good to do what we do for a living and along comes a robot and replaces us that's that's scary in anyone's shoes isn't it um at the same time i can sort of see that it's you know progress i like tech i like modernity i like things that are that are clever i've i've used some of these ai bots to create fantastic um illustrations and even short scripts and things like that and it is very very useful so i sort of like it from a user's point of view um and there are even i, I think I, I know a couple of people who have used ai for the for to use hmm, to further their voice 
So people have read endless scripts into an AI machine and will sell their AI voice to people rather than having to read a script themselves. So it will still be their voice, it will still be their product, they've still put in the hours. And, you know, that's just another example of, of progress, I guess. But it's kind of, it, it comes hand in hand, doesn't it? Progress is there, it's inevitable, it's going to happen one way or another. And some of it is quite exciting, but also some of it is quite terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, hence, I get that. Yeah. Hence mixed emotions. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I look at video stuff and I think video is a bit behind where like voice is at the moment. So I think that like in, a, in like five, ten years, video, like the, people will be able to make a video pretty easily with using AI. And I, I don't think voice is, I, I think voice is, we're closer um, to having that with voice. Um, you mentioned as well, um, what, like you, you've been through like training and stuff like that to like to get this good and to get this to your job. What kind of stuff do you have to do to become a voiceover artist? Because I know that, people watching this they might not necessarily realize that you had to do stuff yeah or train or there there are multiple avenues down you know in into this into this space but there's there are vocal coaches you can you can get there's um you know endless webinars and training sessions you know it's it's not just hey here's a script read it and off you go you know there's a lot of training how to to get your voice to sound good there's a lot of training in how to breathe properly how to maintain your voice so that it doesn't get wrecked after x number of hours of speaking um we've all invested time and money into into creating these little uh, acoustic studios that we're, we're sitting in here um there's there's training in terms of how do we run a business you know we're all freelancers here we all run a business and and all of the stuff that goes with that you know it's it has involved an awful lot of training to get to this point um there's the there's the and, sorry to interrupt i was just said there's the technical no, technical ahead. side of it as well yeah because we don't just record our voices and send the recording off uh we also process the audio uh we edit it um yeah and uh, a, a lot of us are trained actors as well mm -hmm. yeah so we're our own we are the voices but we're also our own directors producers um editors we are our own everything you know it, it, it's sort of a it's a whole bundle when you hire a voiceover artist you're getting several several roles in one mm. and then there's like different types of voices i guess you can do as well so people do accents and stuff like that or like there's stuff mm -hmm. you can do with your voice to make it sound totally different to your actual voice yeah uh, that people probably wouldn't appreciate that, that have never tried for, it. for character mm. work um, yeah definitely mm. a lot of that and then martin and sean as well you were towards like the warmer end of the spectrum in terms of like this argument um can you explain why that is and like how you feel about it i wouldn't say warm i'm still warm. um uh, there's probably a bit of concern in there i i'm still unsold on i think how much work it will take away from people so if you think someone let's take mark as an example he was showing a piece of software you can get this software quite cheaply some of them um are those people who will take up that software for in it at the moment inferior product um are they ever going to pay full price for a voiceover yeah so the people that will, will use the ai voices my my thought is that would they have ever have paid our our full rates anyway so are we are we losing those people we're never going to convert them because they don't want to pay so is, that's why I'm still un, unsure as, as to how much work we're going to lose. Will it get rid of all the 
the very low-priced voiceover artist out there. But would it encourage people who would not necessarily be in that category of wanting to, wanting a low-priced voice, would it encourage them to go down that route? So, pre- so previously, they may have yeah. been prepared to pay a voice actor. Once you have this sort of bargain bin of AI voices available, would they then defect and go to those? It could be used as a, as a tool. So whereas you'd get the cheaper voiceovers um, before to do maybe not the main, um, I don't know, uh, advert or, or the, the final project, but it would be for the proof of concept where you'd get the cheaper um, voiceover. Um, they'd probably then use the AI voiceover as a, a placeholder, as it were. <clears throat> Excuse me um just just for the time being so they then know what kind of voiceover they want at the end um for for once but as you say martin it was probably going to be pushing people out who are on the lower end of the price spectrum which is then in its own turn is that's where learner voiceovers are is when they they don't really know they're not too confident on their skill level so they're making themselves more attractive by charging slightly lower than other ones until they can they can get the experience and the and the quality that they want so it would be it would be then would it be putting up a brick wall um to people trying to get into the industry again which the the, yeah having the internet here enabled people to to do um for the last 10 years or so i hope that came through correctly it's a lot of different angles, isn't there, to think about it from. Not just, if, you know, because we've, we've all been doing it for, for a number of years now, but people, I hadn't thought about people coming into the industry might find it even more difficult if they're, um, you know, if they want to start at budget rates. That's, well, because that's how I start, started. I started on, on Fiverr just to, like, uh, I, I saw you, <laughs> the wince there, Victoria. But it was, <clears throat> I started on there to, to sort of, because I didn't have any clue of how to get into it or um what i needed to do so you start off you do these crap jobs you learn how to deal with like really difficult clients who want the world for nothing um so you learn to stick by your quality you learn to just go no actually um and it is it's kind of like a, a baptism by fire on that kind of way and uh, i know it's really looked down upon um in the industry um but it's uh, the way that i saw it was kind of like a an apprenticeship into uh, like on top of learning through um online and doing um or yeah le- online courses and doing um in person coaching i just used it as a sort of a of a means to an end really as a tool which is probably another reason for what these ai are going to be they're going to be a tool um especially if you look at sort of the um the photos and the and the pictures and the paintings that have come along in the past six months alone um they've really they've soared and i think it's going to be the same for um voices and then it's going to as you say mark it's going to be for video as well so it's and it's one of those things that's going to be Unfortunately, it's not going to go away. So it's something that we're going to have to either learn to deal with or to learn to utilize. And I think if if it's a an ability to work with instead of clash, I think it would be a smoother 
Um, but then there's always going to be people that want to take advantage of it. I think it's interesting as, as well um, how, how it's moving forward in terms of uh, how it can actually be used. Um, just from the point of view of the voice buyer, um, there are a lot of um, concerns for the listener and whether or not a listener actually wants to hear an AI voice um, and how good the voice can be. So, um, yes, technology is progressing it, to the extent that some of these voices are very good. Um, some of them are absolutely terrible, but uh, but some of them are very good. Um, and obviously, different companies have different technology. It's, it, you know, so there's a sort of, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a real variety out there in terms of the quality that you can get. But um, there's actually, <laughs> there's a, a phenomenon that's called um, the uncanny valley, which is where um, a voice sounds real, but the human brain knows that it isn't real. Um, there's something that's just slightly off kilter uh, maybe in the way that they react or uh, just the sort of prosody of the voice. There's something that is synthetic and um, and the listener feels very unsettled by that. And, it, and it's sometimes the case that they don't even know why they're unsettled. They're just not quite sure what's wrong, but there's something wrong. Um, so voice buyers need to be aware of this as well, because not all listeners will want to hear an AI voice. Um, and there are there are trust issues as well. So if you have uh, um, an AI voice, for instance, on your uh, telephony system, say it's in a doctor's office and uh, a a person phones up, they think that they're talking to a human, they're divulging information, then during the course of the conversation, it's not a conversation, obviously one's a robot, um, they become aware that it's not a real person with whom they're interacting. And this, this causes a real trust issue with them. People don't want that. You don't want to feel like you're talking to a human and then realise you're actually not. Um, yeah, so, so the buyers need to be very aware of, of the limitations there as well that's that's one of the the huge parts for me is like the the human connection so going to what victoria was saying about the the listener might that there's something in a commercial for example that doesn't feel right the the, the listener or the audience might not realize what it is that isn't right but it will affect them or not affect them in the in the right way so they they'll look at that or see that advert and they won't be sold on that product but they just won't know why so it's not you know because of the the human element isn't there it could be detrimental in the long run. It's a sort of yeah, cognitive exactly. dissonance that happens where you're just not quite sure mm. what's wrong, but there's something that's wrong. Is that sounded much that better than I thought. It is, it is on the like the old FMV sequences on PS1 games or, or even PS2 games where you're watching them and you can see all the people, like they're trying to do it as lifelike as possible and it just looks weird. Like Final Fantasy Advent Children, if anyone's seen that. Um, it's, you're watching that, and they they've even like they did mocap and they did like on Sandra that was Bullock the first mocap film, wasn't it? yeah. And yeah, you yeah. can see it, but then there is just death behind that <laughs> those eyes. You're just looking, you're just you're watching it, and you're like, those things are not real. I mean, yeah. there is no soul. That uncanny valley thing was that, um, that Martin Scorsese made the Irishman, and like he de aged. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 
De Niro and um, Joe Pesci. And like you can tell, it's like, uh, it's something it's not Yeah. Like, uh, um, well, it's because they look younger, but they walk like old men. Yeah. Still. yeah. <laughs> but it. They did it. Um, uh, they're going to do it on Indiana Jones as well, but like hit where it, like hit, I saw the the Star Wars where he was in recently, Force Awakens. Mm. Like the way he was running, it's like he's like he's an old man now. So like <laughs> if they de-age him, like he's gonna it's gonna look really weird. Yeah, and so you and so your brain doesn't accept it. And so that's talking about the subtle differences which the general public may or may not be able to spot straight away. But then there are an awful lot of really really cheap, very obvious versions out there at the moment aren't there you know how many of us have rung up your utility provider and been greeted with your call is important to us no it's not clearly you you you, you can't be bothered to make me feel like i'm interacting with a human being so it can't be that important to you so you know it is the cheap option i i understand that you know i, I don't know how much it costs to to run an ai to to do a script but I understand it could be perceived as being cheaper, easier, more convenient, but if there's a person on the other end of whatever that service is, be it a phone, be it, um, I I sat through um, an e-learning course, which had beautiful graphics and wonderful content, but you could just just hear that it was a, a robot instructing you how to do things. And I couldn't concentrate on the material because I was sitting there thinking, this is really bad. This sounds terrible. And, and that's a reflection on the company that's providing this training for me. It, it, it just doesn't feel like they're taking an interest in me or, or, or the service they claim to be providing. That's really interesting, I think. Um, someone mentioned, yes, Sean, you mentioned Fiverr earlier. Um, how do you, I'd be interested to know, how do you all feel about Fiverr and the voiceovers on Fiverr? I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Well, yeah, you do get, you get what you pay for. Um, and there are the, well i started out on fiverr with a pillow fort made from my couch cushions and a webcam microphone but from that i've managed i've now got an actual proper booth and professional grade microphone and i've been able to do this full time for five years but you do there are people who are happy to just do i don't know 250 words for five dollars all day every day so it's that there's that but that i suppose it's sort of the ambition if you've got the ambition that you want to do this and you want to do it properly then you will grow yourself whereas if people just want to make a quick buck and you see them everywhere on tiktok on facebook on on everywhere that you can do this or in four hundred dollars a day uh, just doing this and you're like well no like if you think about it properly you can't but some people will and they'll just try their best to and those and as i say you get what you pay for um it sounds rushed it, the, 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 there isn't the the quality there but you also do get there i mean fiverr now has the pro platform and uh, where they do push professionals and there are big names on fiverr uh, as well who just use it as a um it, it is kind of like an off the shelf um option um, that you can put on your website is okay so if you want like say how many words where is it being shown and then you can put all that in there and then you can put a proper price in there which is competitive in terms of industry rates instead of just being cheap as can, chips. I, can I just ask why um, we're talking so, about this because I'm sorry. starting to feel like we're in a Fiverr commercial <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry about that <laughs> not not you Sean just just the discussion in general I'm just not I'm just not sure where so we're going with I, it I'd be, 
I'd be interested to know where do you get your uh, business from? So I want to look at both ends of the spectrum. So the, the Fiverr end, and then where do you? How do you generate your business? Um, a lot of email marketing, referrals, um, social media. I mean, I I sit all day every day and do marketing. Um, and you start out, you're probably doing, well, you probably start out doing 100% marketing uh, day after day, like a full-time job. Um, and then gradually, the percentage of marketing lowers and the percentage of voicing comes up. And you, you get this, this effect where you're starting to gradually do more voicing than marketing. But it is a long, hard slog. And, uh, and as Simon was saying earlier, in terms of the training that we do, that's another um, thing that, that a lot of voices have gone through. We've spent a lot of money on training courses for marketing, the, the business side of it. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're not just we're not just sitting reading, reading words off a bit of paper into a microphone. We're running we're running a business and it's everything that goes into that. I do, I'm just going to put. I do agree with you, Victoria, and I did do also do emailing. I'm and sure. Proper training and I'm on P2Ps and stuff. I was, <laughs> I'm just not going. Um, yeah, I was just saying that's where I started, but I learned the I learned the true way. It's, it's just interesting to hear different ends of it because I was I was just telling someone about this episode, and he said like across the board where he thinks AI will um, will go is it will kind of replace the people that are on Fiverr or like like with voiceover the people that are on Fiverr people will go to AI instead of going to Fiverr and with video it will get rid of the people that aren't great at it they sort of do it they're fiddling around with it they're doing it but they're not serious about it and then with like copywriting um, people will get, who don't want to pay very much or anything they'll just go to like chat GPT or something like that to get stuff done um, whereas people that want something uh, and appreciate that it's a craft and it's like work's gone into it and like Simon was saying like certain amount of training and you've put a lot into your equipment and a lot into like the processing of everything the people that want to pay will continue to pay because they want to work with real people um, and they want to like this has come up in this conversation a few times now but um, like that you have that human connection with people and you want to show that your business appreciates that and um, that sort of reflects on your business as well and I think that people that are already doing that will continue to do it, to do that. It's the people that um, don't want to spend any money will just go to AI resources for it. Um, and then this has come up a few times as well. Do you think you'll use, like, because I'm sort of thinking about how I can use certain bits of AI as a tool, and the word tool came up loads. So where do you think you can use AI as a tool in the next, Martin? Well, I used AI as a tool today, and I used an AI voice as a tool um, for a social media post. Um, so it was me having a conversation with an AI voice to highlight why a real voice is better. Um, yeah, so I've kind of used it in a, in a slightly um, naughty way, I think, um, to, to kind of uh, cuss down the actual software itself. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, um, it is a tricky one. Can I just go back to the, like, the human connection part of it? Like what you said just before that, because I wanted to, to mention that I think the further I got into my voiceover career, that's that's what I realized from my perspective as well was human connection in the business side of it was really important as well. So I 
and I think it was 2022, I think around 60 to 65% of my business came as a result of networking and then referrals from that networking. Um, and yeah, so from both the, the audience perspective and the voiceover perspective, human connection is is a paramount, I think. I guess it depends largely on the job, though, doesn't it? Because it's, um, you know, there are huge extremes, aren't there, between the, 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 the source I keep on coming back to is the answer machine, because that's where most of us hear AI more frequently, isn't it? You know, at the moment, we're not talking about um, Walt Disney using an AI to bring a, a vast spectrum of beautiful character voices and inject emotion or or to sing or to properly properly act with ai we're not we're not talking about that, that at the moment we're talking about um functional informational stuff where perhaps it matters slightly less that there isn't so much emotional engagement but that's what we're talking about right now at the moment and and we all know how quickly these things progress and how much better they can get in a relatively short space of time um so it's very, very, it's hard to project our feelings towards the industry, you know, the, the, the situation right now. It's hard to project that into another two years, five, 10, 15 years. You know, we, it's impossible to sort of say how good these things are going to get. Um, but it's yes, the, the, oh, go ahead. So it's hard to imagine an AI voice now or even within the next couple of years to go to, to you know, a real performance piece, a, a dramatic emotional mm. piece that starts off really really low down and soft and then they get even more emotional and it can turn mm. into anger and then they're laughing and goes all through the emotions how could you put that into a, a generator now yeah i mean a, a, a at the moment because it's uh because it's just um sort of concatenated pieces of, of voice stuck together um if if the if the if the ai voice has been if the phrases that have been read to piece it together have been read in a sad way, then what comes out is a sad voice. But you, so you can't have a, a paragraph which, as Martin says, starts off in one emotion and then progresses through different ones. You know, it's not, it isn't a performance. It is some words being read. And then even with something like a, a radio advert, as it were, if you're given copy and it is too much to fit into that, time uh, into that time frame you can interpret it you can then change it or like work with the the end user to try and get it to fit into that 30 second whereas an ai will just blurt it out and then if you need to they'll try and speed it up and then we've all heard <laughs> the where it's just been sped up to the point where it's just it goes it it sort of pulls that human into the uncanny valley because it's what just, happens when the um the, the the director wants three alternative takes as well. You won't get that with an AI yeah. at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> it just all be three exactly the same. Yeah. There's yeah, there's lots of things I think that people don't realise that happens within the scope of a voiceover job that can't be done yet. Yeah, and I, I think people from outside of um like that have never used voiceover uh or have used it a couple of times. They, they wouldn't appreciate like the subtleness of like performances or something like that because um, like there's certain like when I listened to that AI I was thinking like if I hadn't clicked on that would I know that's not a person and I just thought I'd probably I'd, 
it sounds like a person, but there's something about it. Like Victoria was saying, there's something about it that's not quite right. Because um, like I did, the microphone just sounded a bit off, and there was something about it that just wasn't quite right. I wonder if the the more that AI comes into the the general public consciousness, I wonder if they will be because I listen out for it because of what well because of what we all do. I try and spot them. Um, I wonder if the more it comes into the public consciousness, like ChatGPT has, lots of lots of people use that, um, that they will start listening out for it as well. And that will have, like we've said, a detrimental effect. Because I, I already do. It will reflect on that business. So if, if you're using it, like you've got to take what reflects on you. Um, so like when I see the, the AI videos, like I can see them from a mile away that it's an AI video because it's just about the movement of the person, the movement of the mouth, the movement of the eyes. It's just not quite, it's just, well, it, it's not just not quite right. <laughs> it just looks really wrong. Um, so if it's just, that's just you, go, go on, Sean. Sorry, if you thought about five years ago or did you, uh, anyone remember the uh, old whiteboard animations? Yeah. Uh, that you could see and then like there were, there were some good ones, but then you really saw some slapdash ones as well. And th- those ones would just jump out. And I think, it, yeah, as Martin and everyone was saying, it's just it's going to feel that same sort of way for the next so long, definitely, yeah. for sure. It's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And I, I, I want to use it as a tool because I, I think that, like, it, but I don't want to, like, I want to use it well as a tool. I don't want to use it as, like, a shortcut or anything like that. Um, so... Just as I'm, I'm sort of curious, of like aware of the time as well, but just to round off, could um, and I want to sort of show the like tell the viewers uh, to get them to, to help them get in touch with actual people in terms of voiceover. So could you we just go around the room and just let us know like what's the best way for them to get in touch with you as well, just to round off the episode. So we'll start the same Simon, Martin, Victoria, and Sean. We're going that order. Okay, you can uh, have a look at www simonwellsvo.com or on LinkedIn on Facebook. Count some of the W's on that. There's about six W's. No, all the, all the W's are important. Okay. You see, you wouldn't get an AI, an AI making a funny comment about how many W's there are. They just say it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, probably LinkedIn, I think. Um, so it's just Martin Wiskin. I think I'm the only Martin Wiskin in the world. And uh, you can find me wow. on LinkedIn as well, Victoria Riley. Or my website is voiceovervic.co.uk. That also has some W's at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, my website is seanantonyvo.com um, on LinkedIn or uh, on TikTok as well as Sean Anthony Vo. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been a really interesting conversation. I'll, I'll try and do some more of these with more people, I think. Um, Mm. Yeah, and Martin, could you share that video with me as well? I can. Um, yeah, well, I'll just find it and share yeah. it. But yeah, I'd be interested to watch that. Cool. Yes, of course. Thanks, mate. Well, that's it for Excellent. for this one. I'll I'll do a little outro as well for a for, for the episode. But thank, thank you for having us. For coming on. I will stop. No recording. worries. Thank you. So that's it for episode 381 of the video show. I really hope you enjoyed it. I think it's a really interesting conversation to get into the future of uh, a profession and talk to people about how they see it. Um, moving along in the next few years how they will mo- how they would be using it um, and how they feel about it at the moment um, I feel that th- there's quite a negative view about AI from people that are a little bit worried about it taking over their jobs but on the same hand I think that they can also see 
that they might be able to use that as a tool to speed up their process. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. So thank you as well for everybody who came onto the show. So Martin, Victoria, Sean and Simon, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll be talking next week about YouTube, sh- oh no, TikTok uh, with Laura Budd next week. Uh, we've got some really good episodes coming up in the next few weeks that I've pre-recorded because right now I'm on top of things making these episodes. So I hope you enjoyed this one. I'll see you next week in the next one. Bye.